www.magicfinancing.com. Also visit us at www.magicfinancing.com. Good afternoon and welcome to the council, everyone. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and boy, do we have an amazing, fantastic show for you today. Uh, but first, I just want to thank my host here at KUHS Radio TV Denver. We are the stream. We are broadcasting here from the beautiful city of Denver, Colorado, and broadcasting not only here in Denver, but all across the nation and all around the world. Uh, our show, thank you to everybody who tunes in every other Friday to listen to us. Thank you. This show wouldn't be possible without you. We are reaching across the globe in over six continents uh, to so many different countries and people who tune in. Thank you each and every one of you for listening to us and trusting us to give you the best programs that we possibly can to find you the best guests as well. Um, TV, Radio Denver here in, uh, at KUHS. We're, we have some of the best DJs out there, programs in the world. We want to give you quality programming that reflects the diversity of our staff and to have honest, grounded, authentic conversations about the many issues which confront our society. KUHS stands as a beacon of hope in the world filled with fear, distrust, and separation. We strive to bring our city, our nation, and our world together to, by providing a platform where we celebrate our commonalities, our goodness, and our humanity. So tune in to KUHS TV Radio Denver. We are, um, we are pioneering uh, music genres, VDJs. We've got so many great programs here. Thank you for tuning in. And also our host here, um, our, my sponsor, magicfinancing.com. If you need a new used car or a new car, talk to them. Go talk to Maurizio. He'll help you. Uh, he has been working and helping my family for years, and we've always gotten great cars, great vehicles. So tell them Charlie sent you from the council, and they will help you to get the car of your dreams. Okay, everybody. Uh, you know, one of the things that we love about here about being on the council is to bring hope and inspiration to others about the possibilities that are out there for healing. Uh, as many of you know, the, the reason for this program was to help people who are suffering from PTSD and trauma, from violence, abuse, and other issues that come from um, the, the, when we break the bonds of trust amongst each other. And trauma is at the core of many of those things. And uh, as a veteran, uh, it's always wonderful for me to hear and to know about the things that people are doing to help our veteran community. And for veterans like myself who were suffering uh, from PTSD and didn't know what was available and what was out there. And so this show is about hope. This show is uh, about the possibilities that are out there to give every veteran, whether you're Air Force, Navy, Marine, Army, National Guard, it doesn't matter. There is possibilities out there for you to heal from your traumatic memories that can be life-changing and life-altering. Before we get started, I want to show a clip from this amazing film uh, that we are going to talk to you about today. It is called Wounded Heroes. And uh, let us just take a quick look about this amazing film from this trailer here. And here we go. And I did have um, a client come in for DUI and, you know, told me flat out from the beginning, look here, little missy. Um, I, I don't care what the judge or anybody else says. I'm going to continue to drink because that is the only thing that helps me with my symptoms. And he had chronic PTSD. And we went through and we did the session. And his particular trauma was from um, Vietnam. So it had been a lot of years. And he had watched his best friend be killed in front of him. Um, he got there just a second too late and his friend was shot in front of him and he did kill the enemy. But for him, that was horrifying that he just, you know, that split second difference. And he carried his friend for days out of the jungle. Like literally over his back? Yeah, carrying him over his back, you know, um, his unit was like, you, you've got to leave him behind. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not putting him down. I'm not putting him down. And I just looked at him and I was like, you've been carrying him for over 40 years. I just asked him if, you know, if it would be okay if we honored his friend in a different way. 
and got rid of his last worst moment so that we could remember him for the best of who he was. And I just said, if he was sitting here with me today and you were the one that was gone, would you want him carrying the weight of all that pain? And he was like, God, no. I'm like, well, then would it be okay if we give him back that gift of remembering him for who he was, like all the shenanigans and all the things you guys got into? And he was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it got very tearful because like, okay, you know, I, I think I can do that. And so we went through and we processed out that scene and all that, you know, horrifying sensation. And he replaced that with his actual memories, like, you know, of uh, he and his friend, you know, I'm not gonna say it because they could have gotten in a lot of trouble, but you know, some of the things that they got into, um, you know, they, they made makeshift slides and they, um, rode those down the hill into a river and you know so he's recounting these stories to Fun me times. yes and at the end of the session he looked at me and he got really tearful and he's like you have no idea what you've just done doc and like i'm not a doc <laughs> and he just said you know i feel like i've been given the gift of my friend back because he could remember him for all of the the good memories they just came flooding back but not he wasn't seeing that last worst image anymore because we had erased that out and replaced it Talk about freedom. Yes. And it was the first time, like, um, he had chronic insomnia. He wasn't sleeping. And so after that session, I checked in for sleep. And he said for the first time in over 40 years, he slept through the night. Folks. That is just a taste of this beautiful film uh, that uh, my guest uh, has directed and produced. His name is Michael Gear. He's made a living as an entertainer for most of his life. In 2009, he started Gear Productions, LLC, a full-service global production company. Over the years, he's directed, produced hundreds of TV commercials, corporate videos, short films, feature films, and documentaries. His most recent project is Wounded Heroes, about veterans and first responders, post-traumatic stress, the very high suicide rates, and the many successful alternative treatments that give anyone battling PTS their lives back. His website is www.woundedheroesdocumentary.com. Again, that's WoundedHeroesDocumentary.com. Welcome to the council, Michael. Thank you. Glad to be here. What an amazing clip from that yeah. film. And it's just one of an extraordinary amount of information uh, that is going to be so helpful to so many veterans. Thank you for doing this film. It was my pleasure. It was such an honor. So, yeah, very happy to have done it. <laughs> well, as a, as a veteran, you know, when I saw it, and, you know, just watching that clip right there, I got tears in my eyes because I know uh, having worked with veterans and been a veteran and come from a veteran family, uh, the pain that so many families feel and they feel like there's no alternative, there's no hope. And just that clip uh, just moves me in such a deep place. And I know when people see this film and they watch it, they are going to feel a hope that they haven't felt in a very long time. And that was the goal of this film. I didn't want it to be a downer. I didn't want it to be about the lives that are destroyed because of post-traumatic stress. Instead, the entire film, like your show, is all about hope. Mm -hmm. You do not have to live a miserable life for the rest of your life. You can actually get post-traumatic stress behind you. And that's what the film shows. Veteran after veteran, first responders, all of them that are interviewed are all success stories that show they were once suicidal, had hopeless lives that they described, mm -hmm. found something. They now have their lives back. And anybody out there battling post-traumatic stress can have the same. It's amazing. And that's, that's what I love because sometimes people feel that the idea of veterans do that. I'm going to have to live with this the rest of my life. And, and you don't. And that's what's so great. Uh, Michael, could you share just a little bit more about your background and, and how, you know, like where you grew up and, and, and what led you to, to becoming a filmmaker? Well, I grew up in San Diego, California. I've always been an entertainer. I'm a singer, dancer, actor. So I just, from being a little kid, singing in my bedroom, bringing in my family so I could sing to them. Started working professionally at 14. I got, not paid, but 
still professionally 14, started getting paid at 17. <laughs> then I moved to Los Angeles and just traveled around uh, starring in Broadway musicals all over the country and all over the world uh, performing. And uh, eventually I, I got hired to star in a show here in Los Angeles that was a five-year contract. So I did that. And while I was here, I started doing more television and film acting since I was here in Hollywood. And then eventually I just led to, uh, that led to just starting my production company. I decided I wanted to learn you know, how to get and do behind the camera, not just in front of the camera. And so I created Geyer Productions and we've, you know, been around for about 11 years now. And then a few years ago, started producing short films. And then recently, three years ago, started this project, uh, my first documentary uh, on the Wounded Heroes. And I wanted to do that because I just um, wanted to save lives. I wanted to get, help people get their lives back. Yeah. I, um, that's uh, boy. You and I both have that same passion in wanting to help people to get their lives back, to be mm -hmm. able to not have to live with this pain and the, and the painful memories and all the traumas that keep people from, from you know, living a the life they were meant to live, and also you know, putting on the brink of suicide. I mean, there's a huge amount of veterans that are committing suicide every day, and we want to be able to do, like on this show, to help people to give them the information, like you know, what you have put in this film get that out there so that we can we can save lives. And that's yeah. what I think filmmaking is such a passion. Is that why you why is, is filmmaking your passion? Um, yes. And, you know, every project I produced, every film, I've got some of them on the wall behind me, this side. Uh -huh. And uh, <laughs> every one of them, short or, or feature length, they all have a positive message of some sort. It's, it's great to produce projects that are entertaining. Mm -hmm. I've, I just have a passion to produce things that actually also have a message in them that will have a positive impact on the viewer. And so that's, that has always been a passion. And then when I came across and found the need for this film, you know, I was all in because I've never produced something that would save lives. And I really believe this film will. Well, um, well, what, why this particular film? What sets you on the path of actually making Wounded Heroes? Yeah, I was going to be producing another film called Wounded Heroes, but it was going to be a theatrical release where we just hire actors and produce, you know, regular film to show in theaters. And I was interviewing veterans, and I met this guy in San Diego named Carl. And Carl was a young guy in his 20s. He was a medic. And he was on 16 different prescription drugs when I met him, down from 18. And I'm sitting there thinking, how is it possible you can be on 16 medications? You know, what causes that? And then for him to tell me that it wasn't even really helping, it was just a Band-Aid, I kind of walked out of there and I, I called my wife and I said, we've got to do a documentary and we've got to find other options than just a Band-Aid. And we've got to find solutions that will really, as I said earlier, help people get their lives back. So that set me off on the three-year journey that that interview with Carl started the whole process. And three years later, the film is now out. And we found amazing treatments and programs all over the country mm -hmm. that are accessible now to people via Zoom and everything else. You can be anywhere in the world and actually get the benefits from some of the programs and treatments featured. That's brilliant. I mean, and, and, and you know, when you remind me about uh, how many times, how often in our veteran community, the uh, the only way that we deal with a lot of these issues is uh, prescription drugs. <laughs> you know, we just give them drugs. We don't deal with their core issues. We don't help them to process. We pathologize it. And, you know, I, I think what often happens for many veterans is that you you go into you, you have mental health problems, challenges. And they get an appointment, they go to the doc and you, they sit down and they get some information from the doc. Or, and and then they get prescription medications, exactly. which is such a slippery slope. It yeah. is, it's so dangerous. And that's why some won't even go and get help. They do not want to be medicated. So they're just going to deal with it on their own or self-medicate with alcohol. And they won't go in because they don't want to be numb, drugged, um, zombified, as some have described it. They don't want it. Well, that was one of the things that I did as I self-medicated but because I didn't want to go. I didn't know if there was any help for me at that time. I didn't know where to go and I didn't want to be seen as, uh, you know, weak or whatever it was. And so what did I do? I self-medicated. And uh, but and it's also those fears of those psychiatric medications, too, because, you know, he had 16. That's yeah. so dangerous. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the other thing is many of them are black labeled that they're prescribing and yeah. black label for the FDA. It's their worst label because of the very serious side effects 
associated with that particular drug. And many times people battling post-traumatic stress are already depressed and mm -hmm. battling suicidal tendencies or, or thoughts. And yet they put them on a medication that has a side effect of depression and or suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. So that just compounds the, the problem even more. And then many of them have side effects to them when you're taking the medication. So that means the doctor has to prescribe more medications to help you with the side effects. And then it just snowballs. And between all the antipsychotic drugs and all the side effect medications, before you know it, you're taking 16, 18 different prescriptions a day. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a travesty in my mind. And I think it's just uh, giving Band-Aids to people like you were saying, and um, rather than real effective treatments. Mm -hmm. uh, to deal with PTS. And it just seems that, you know, we need to be doing better as a culture and as a society. I mean, do you think we're just giving Band-Aids to people? I mean, are we, could we be yeah. doing better? Exactly. I mean, the men and women who've gone over and served our country like yourself, our, our first responders, our doctors and nurses now dealing with COVID and all the post-traumatic stress that came with that, mm -hmm. watching so many patients die every single day alone, with many of the times they're the only ones there to hold their hand as they pass. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all very traumatizing, uh, all of it. And so they need, I believe, more than just Band-Aids and medications, antipsychotic medications with serious side effects. It's not working. It's not the answer. And I, of course, I don't want anybody to misunderstand and say, get off all your drugs today if you're on them. Mm -hmm. Anytime you get off those, you need to make sure it's, you've got a doctor overseeing everything and walk it through. But everybody that was featured in our film every single one of them are off all of their drugs or at wow. least almost all of them down to two or three prescriptions, which is amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, in your film, you talk, uh, you change PTSD a little bit. We, most people know of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and that seems to be, you know, how we've, we, we understand it, but you take the D off. Why? Well, learning about post-traumatic stress, realizing that it's not a disorder, it's a normal and a natural reaction to a traumatic event that somebody's experienced. And when I started this, I thought PTSD was just a military issue, not realizing that even I could get post-traumatic stress having being in a major car accident, you know, anything um, can cause a traumatic event in someone's life and they can get potentially post-traumatic stress. And if you look at the brain, they've done scans of the brain with somebody who's battling post-traumatic stress, and you can actually see an injury. And then after post-traumatic stress is behind them and they do the scan, their, their brain is cleared up and that injury is gone. So many say that post-traumatic stress is an injury. It's not a disorder because it's, it, it is, it's normal, mm -hmm. but you can find the injury. You can, you can fix the injury, and that's why you can get post-traumatic stress behind you, as we talked about in the film. Well, I also give it, uh, you know, there's something about the word disorder that makes it feel like there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you know, exactly. there, there's something that is bad about you or, you know, you're not like everybody else. Or there's, there's a, you know, you, you don't, you're not working correct. So it, 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 it adds another layer of shame, I think, yeah. that doesn't need to be there. And I think it's great that you've taken that off. I was talking to a Green Beret yesterday. And, you know, he said, they treat us like we're that the Christmas show, the, uh, the broken, the, they send you to the broken toys island. Uh, remember that Christmas show? And he the, goes, we're not broken. The, the island you know, of, he, of broken toys, I think it is, is with the, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, because we're not broken, you know, as people battling post-traumatic stress. And he goes, there is, he's, he's gotten behind it. I mean, post-traumatic stress is behind it in his life. He's got his life back. And he goes, you know, we need to get people better and we need to get them back living life because our, our first responders and our veterans have so much to offer mm -hmm. uh, more than just an amazing life for themselves, but they are so well-trained and most of them are leaders and they have so much to offer us civilians in their communities mm -hmm. that we want to get them back strong, enjoying a great life and being that benefit that they can be in their community. Absolutely. I think one of the things that we don't realize is how much a veteran, a warrior has to offer and when they're wounded, there is, uh, it is our responsibility because they went out to go do the things that most of us won't, won't risk our lives to go do. We need mm -hmm. to care for them. We need to get them back. And in an in, invisible injury is just mm -hmm. as significant, if not more important, to, as a physical injury to take care of. They're equal. We need to take care of both of them. And, and I just love what, the, what you have brought together into this film. And 
One of the most interesting facts that I learned from you when I watched the, when I watched the film was from the Vietnam veteran, uh, POW. Oh, and yes, yeah. That, you know, um, I have, uh, my dad was in Vietnam. I, there was a, I have a very strong connection to Vietnam. And all those people, uh, you know, who were in, in Hanoi Hilton that were in yeah. W and they were there for seven, you know, and this guy was there for seven and a half years. Yeah. And and not one of those 800 POWs, not one of them committed suicide. And that to me was astonishing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And I, yeah. I, I studied it. I, it was just wow. Yeah. When he said that, you know, of course, I'm behind the camera with that particular interview. I wasn't on camera for that one, but I was shocked. And, and he said, you know, we went through torture daily. And they weren't nice when they tortured <laughs> you. Know? <laughs> no, they were and not. You, you're, you're hopeless. Seven and a half years. Can you imagine day after day being tortured, not being fed properly, living in whatever hut and tied up and bound up? And what a life. It's miserable. Yeah. And yet he said in, in his memory, he did not know of anybody who had ever committed suicide or taken the lives by suicide. Uh, but then when they came back to the States and were put on medications, that's when the suicide started. That's unbelievable. That was such an amazing point that he made that I think is very impactful in the film. And it's not just him. Hearing all of the other veterans who say, you know, I went in, saw a psychiatrist. 15 minutes later, I walked out with prescriptions. That was the beginning of 10 years of my life being destroyed. Mm. It started with medications again. So in my opinion, you know, that's not the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not in the doctor. I'm not an expert. So I don't want to ever tell anybody not to take medications. But the antipsychotic medications, I think that's where the real problem is with mm-hmm. the very serious side effects and potential suicidal depression and everything else that go with it. It's a slippery slope and you need to be very careful and know what you're taking. That's one of the things we talk mm-hmm. about in the film. Don't just take your doctor's advice to take something. Find out what it is he's prescribing to make sure you know what the side effects are. And if you're taking multiple medications, find out how they interact with each other mm-hmm. because the interaction can cause problems many times. Mm-hmm. And that doctor can prescribe on accident two things that should not be taken together. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons why you need to be involved in what you choose to take. It's, it's called informed consent. Know what you're taking mm-hmm. and make sure it's, it's beneficial for you. And if you start to see side effects or start to feel suicidal, realize it may be coming from the prescriptions and talk to your doctor about making some adjustments from there. I agree. You know, it was something that uh, I, I didn't, uh, because of my particular situation, I, I didn't have access to the VA and I didn't have access to uh, psychiatrists or pre- prescription drugs. So I had to go a different route in order to, to heal. But I think if, you know, uh, it would have prolonged my healing if I would have gone that direction. Now, that may be okay for other people. I'm not here to, like you, I'm not a doctor that prescribes those kinds of medications. But I think what you just said there about being informed about how the different medications affect and how they might alter or uh, when they're taken together, what what uh, problems may occur because you're mixing those together, I think is so critical. And, and people need to become more and more aware of that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I do want to clarify also, <clears throat> psychiatrists, that's what they're trained to do mm-hmm. is to give medication. They, they do want to help. I, yes. I don't want to make it seem like they're the bad guy. They go to school to learn how what the different issues may be and what prescriptions to prescribe. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. It's just that if you can solve the actual problem of post-traumatic stress, then you don't, they don't need to take a prescription that's going to try to help with the symptoms mm-hmm. and push it down, which is what the psychiatrists are trying to do. They, they know they can't actually help solve the problem. They're just trying to help the person deal with it as best as they can in the way that they know how. So it's not anything against them, except that I don't believe it, it always works as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, there are ways to get them solving the problem with post-traumatic stress so they don't have to be medicated. Yes. And that's what we're going to get to here because I know it's so um, important for veterans to listen to the stories and to the things that people who have gone a different direction and have been able to find that healing uh, through these alternative therapies that you have uh, so beautifully shown in your film. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, there are the, all these things before, because I want to show another clip here in just a moment. And, um, and I know that for many veterans, it's very difficult to uh, constantly rehash everything. 
You know, they're always constantly having to remember the combat zone and, and a lot of the therapies that they have that are official therapies that, uh, you know, of what happened to them in the service. And that can be very, very, you know, they don't want to deal with that. They're sitting in the therapy. It's traumatic all over again. Yeah, they're reliving the trauma all <laughs> over again. You know, <laughs> exposure therapy, it's, you know, I, I have my issues with that. Um, yeah. These alternative treatments that you have in your, in your film that help veterans in multitude of ways without having to constantly rehash the past. That's correct, right? They don't have to rehash the traumatic event at all. Wow. Yes, and, and that's what I loved about the treatments and programs we featured. They don't have to. Prolonged exposure therapy is something that for a very few people it works. Most drop out of the program. Some even take their lives by suicide mm -hmm. because of it. Having to talk about that trauma over and over and over again, it's just not the way to go after it. So it's great to be able to actually solve the problem of post-traumatic stress without even having to face the trauma. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be like liberating. I mean, it is liberating if you, yeah. if you, if you don't yeah. have to do that. So these, these, these programs you have, they really work. Yes. And, you know, I talk to veterans and let them tell their story. So they're the ones, I think when you watch the film, well, you've seen the film, but I mean, when the viewers watch the film, they'll hear the stories from the veterans and you hear what, who, where they were, who they were, mm -hmm. how they battled post-traumatic stress, were suicidal, some tried to take their lives and then how they had their lives completely back. Even people who thought they had, they, they had no hope, they thought they had no future. Mm -hmm. They now have a future. In tears, a woman, Sherry in San Diego said, this saves my life. Somebody else said, life is worth living again. You know, these are people who had given up hope until they found something that actually helped, gave them their life back, now they have hope. Wow, that's fantastic. Does this, uh, I know you had this film originally just for veterans with veterans in mind, but does it include first responders and police officers and, uh, you know, yeah. firefighters? I mean, are they included in this as well? Yes, they are. Uh, but they're all veterans as well. So they're veterans who became police officers or veterans who became firefighters. And when I, again, when I started the project, I thought post-traumatic stress was a veteran military issue, you know? And so as I went along further, realized that it affects all of us mm -hmm. and the suicide rate is tremendously high, even with our first responders and now our doctors and nurses. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous how high the suicide rate is because they battle post-traumatic stress. So this film and the treatments and the programs featured do help anybody, including our first responders and all of us civilians who are battling post-traumatic stress. <laughs> and we're, we're, during this time, these unprecedented times, all of us are dealing on some level with mm. some trauma. And we are going to have, I think, a, boy, a cascade of, pro, you know, people suffering from post-traumatic stress when, this, when mm. this is over. So this is such an important film. And I want to get another clip here um, to show everybody. So give me just a moment as I bring that up. And I'll say something while you're doing that, if that's okay. Love uh, to, I, please. I've learned just over the last couple of months just how many people, even in Canada, are battling post-traumatic stress. Now I'm getting calls from Australia. Both of those countries, it's like one of their top topics in the news because there are so many people, not just veterans and, and first responders, but people that are battling post-traumatic stress. So, yeah, there's a lot of people out there yeah. uh, that, in my opinion, need to see the movie but do need help. Well, this is the uh, trailer to the film, and uh, let's watch. I attempted suicide by uh, by trying to hang myself because I, it's tired of nightmares, tired of. Reliving everything. I just wanted it to end. The first thing they did was, you know, put me on medication. They, they've brought it down from 18 to 16, but it's 16 total medications. 16 different prescription drugs. That's shocking. As one veteran told me, medication is just a band aid over a wound that will never heal. 
Because of that interview, I have been on a mission to find successful options that will help our veterans get off the drugs, get rid of the Band-Aid, and actually heal the wound of post-traumatic stress. And just like veterans, firefighters, police officers, and other first responders not only deal with post-traumatic stress, but they also have very high suicide rates. Although I started out to help veterans, this film and the treatments featured can also help all of our heroes and anyone struggling with post-traumatic stress. Our documentary is going to show some of the many successful treatments that are working. The treatments and programs being featured are life-changing and give our veterans their lives back. I'm happier today than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm re-engaged with life. I didn't even know that this kind of happiness was possible. This saved my life. My goal is that this film will help dramatically lower the 20 plus per day suicide rate so that they too can experience what healing feels like. I'm not hypertensive like I was before. I feel alive again, I feel rejuvenated. I feel like a soldier again. Just amazing. Just I love that amazing. statement. I feel like a soldier again. Wow, yeah. that's powerful. So powerful. And and that's the whole the whole documentary, Michael, is is tremendous. I mean, there's story after story just like that, of people reclaiming their life, of feeling hopeless mm -hmm. and, and not being able to, to feel good again and to be able to know like that woman as she's crying, that that, that yeah. how she's you could sense the the she felt like she was never going to feel that way ever again. I and know. To give that back is enormous. Just yeah. enormous. And she's a woman who had given up hope. She said she had tried so many different options that were out there from the VA and wherever else, and nothing worked. Mm -hmm. And every time she got her hope up that something might work and it didn't, it devastated her for months. Mm -hmm. Because she, again something failed that she was hoping would work. And then it took her nine months before she finally tried the treatment she found, RTM in this case. Mm -hmm. And um, she only tried it because so many other people were having success from it that she saw. So she thought, I'm gonna take a deep breath and give it one last chance. And if this doesn't work, I'm done. And it saved her life. Wow. How were you changed and transformed by, by making this film? You must have gone through your own transformation. Um, what wisdom did you gain from, from, from doing this project, this incredible, incredible film? Well, I, I love hearing the stories. I, I've learned that I just love doing documentaries because I like hearing people's stories and capturing it on film and putting it together in the edit. And seeing life's change, I mean, I did the edit. It took me over nine months. And every time I watch certain scenes, and I've seen them over and over and over again because of the edit. And I still get teary-eyed. Yeah. I mean, watching that trailer, I get teary-eyed. Because, you know, I was there. I got to hear their stories. I got to see the emotion. I got to um, hear about and see the transformation in their lives. There's nothing better than seeing somebody who had no hope mm -hmm. have their life back and, and is excited about life again. Is this, uh, of all the things that you have done in your career, film career, uh, theatrical career, is this, has this been one of the most satisfying projects that you've done? Absolutely. And, and it'll, now that the film is out, it'll make it even more satisfying if and when, I, I shouldn't say if, when I find out how it's impacted the lives of others. I really believe it will. Oh, yeah. When I see that, then all this work for three years, my wife worked on it with me. She was my producer. My very good friend, Therese Byrne in San Diego, was one of my producers. We all spent a lot of time and energy on this and money. And uh, so to find out that it's impacted lives, that's going to make all that worth it. Oh, and it's so, most certainly, most, absolutely is going to save lives. Um, hmm. And I just, um, for, we are going to promote it. We are going to spread the word as, as far and as we possibly can about this film because <laughs> it is so important. And... While you're doing the film, and then you were just talking about the stories, and you listen, was there any stories in particular that really impacted you? Um, is there one that you could share with all of us today? You know, I, I don't have one story because they were all really mm -hmm. impactful to me. Um, I think the ones that I liked the most, though, were the people like we just talked about who said, I feel like a soldier again. That Doing the interview, that got me. Um, you know, hearing lifers with living again, just hearing where they are today. Every one of those interviews, that, that success story, 
uh, that's always what got me the most. Their stories were pretty similar. They experienced something traumatic. They talked about how it messed up their life. They talked about how most of them were put on drugs and that, that had made things worse. But then the part that always got me excited was where they are today and how good life is today. Did they, uh, did the veterans ever, you know, when you responded to ask them to share their story, you know, because we, as a veteran, uh, we, we have a, <laughs> we have a wall. <laughs> we don't want to share those things because we, you know, we were trained to, 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 to keep that into ourselves or we've lost trust along the way. Uh, was there any resistance uh, from the veterans um, with your basically what motivated them to open up to you about their their pts experience their willingness to help others mm. they have found hope they you know and a lot of them of course they're very nervous like the firefighter he's in the trailer you just saw him he's a veteran firefighter i think he's spent like 20 years as a veteran 20 years as a firefighter a lot of post-traumatic stress you know from both mm -hmm. and um and then all of the others it was I just lost my train of thought. So ask me the question again. No, well, how the stories of that they were able to say. What, they, oh, that's right. Okay. Well, yeah. And so he even said, you know, he goes, I never, the firefighter was just talking about who's a veteran. I never thought I'd be able to sit here in an interview like this with all the cameras and all the lights because we yeah. had a huge setup for the interview. And he, but he did it because, and the others did it because they got past themselves, were willing to put themselves in a very uncomfortable position tell their story which is very private mm -hmm. i mean how do you get on camera and talk about how you were you tried to take your life yeah. and but they did that because they were in such a good place today that they want to give hope to the other veterans who are where they were and so they did it to help that's fantastic you know because it is it's such a when you're not used to being on camera or you don't understand you know the, how a production works and everybody in the room and, and then you got to try to be authentic and vulnerable and real in front of the camera. It could be very, very challenging to do that. And the way how honest these people are and vulnerable and, you know, I'm not afraid to, 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 to shed some tears. And it's so moving because it it cracks our heart open, which allows mm. that message to come in, because I think that's so important. Is, is letting other veterans know that it's okay to let your heart open on these issues. You don't have to hold it all on your own. Exactly. And I did have some veterans, you know, that I interviewed by phone. And after we got to talking, they just didn't want to go on camera because it was just too vulnerable. And they also didn't want the world to see because they were afraid it might hurt their careers, yeah. their future job, yeah. who knows. So those who chose to go on camera and tell their story were very brave because <laughs> You know, you don't know how someone did, who watches the film is going to, how it could impact them in the future. Yeah. I hope in a very positive way, but others were nervous about it being in a negative way. Yep. That's a, that's a big concern. A lot of veterans have. What mm -hmm. about um, while you were making the documentary, was there, I'm sure you had some challenges. What was the most uh, difficult part of making this documentary? Well, you know, the filming is probably the easiest part mm -hmm. and, and doing the research and the interviews by phone and then the interviews in person, you know, that's all the fun, easy stuff. I think the hard part is the edit <laughs> because people don't realize how, how, how difficult it is to do an edit. Even a two minute, 30 second commercial, two minute video, whatever. It takes hours, it takes days, you know, to get to an edit. So when you have a film that's two hours long, almost two hours long, and, and each section in the film is 10 to 15 minutes long. And each section, that 10 to 15 minutes, had hours and hours, 10 to 20, 30, 40 hours of footage for us to go through <laughs> and then organize, <clears throat> you know, everything was transcribed. So I, I got these big, thick things of interviews for like, let's just say saddles of service segment, horse therapy, reading everything and highlighting it and then taking all the individual pieces that I like, putting it together in the right order. And, you know, and it just, it's so time consuming. I was glad when the edit was over and I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't just let it go. You know, I'd watch it. And every time I want to watch the whole film again to see how it's looking, that's another two hours just to sit there and go, oh, I got to fix this, 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 and this. Right. And it's just a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the things, you know, having worked in the theater and, and acting for many, many years, that part of the, the film world, that's that's where the magic happens, too. Yeah. It's because you've got to take all of this raw material, all of these raw, you know, footage, 
and mm -hmm. piece it together to sh to tell the story that you want to tell. And uh, it's uh, it's a it's very time consuming. And I, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's what you how you put it together is absolutely brilliant. And the way you're able to bring in all of these groundbreaking treatments into the film and how you identify them is and it's it seems seamless. So <laughs> it's incredible. Well done. <laughs> okay, um, thank you. The programs. Could you talk just a little about the programs that? Uh, and treatments that you discovered that are in the film that you really discovered are making a difference? Yes. So two of them that I, I really like, ART, which is Accelerated Resolution Therapy, and RTM, Reconsolidation of Traumatic Memories. The outcome is very similar. They just go about it differently, but they're both great. One, you can do it via Zoom. You don't have to tell a superior officer or mm. your, your, your chief firefighter or whatever else that you're battling anything. Just go home, connect with the people via Zoom, get the help you need, and you know, you're know you well on your way, uh, which is great. But what those both do is you've got a memory attached to, or emotions attached to the memory, the traumatic event, and they sever the memory and the emotion so that you can think about it, talk about it, but you no longer have the emotional connection to it like you did before. It's no, matter, no longer traumatizing to you. There's a lot more I could talk about that, but they, they do a better job in the film. Uh, but that, those are two. And then we also have a horse therapy, which is just great, yeah. seeing how the horses and the first responder veterans, how they heal each other. Because these horses, at least the saddles and service are rescue horses. They have their own needs mm -hmm. and they can sense what we feel. And so the horse kind of picks the person they want to work with and they happen to have what each other needs for each other to heal themselves together. And so it's very powerful, uh, the horse therapy and watching them talk about that and watching the horses. Uh, we also talk about stellar ganglion block, mm -hmm. SGB, which is a, a simple procedure, 10 to 15 minutes long. It's a shot in the neck, which may sound scary for some people, but I think it's best used for people who cannot just sit down and talk to somebody and get the help they need. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are just in such bad yeah. shape. Yeah. They can't even communicate there. I, I, I saw a guy like this uh, in Chicago getting the shot beforehand he looked like it, what was behind his eyes looked like a scary wild animal i didn't get too close to him and he his wife said there's no way he's going to talk on camera mm -hmm. after the shot and what they do is they it's, it goes into a cluster of nerves numbs up the area it's just numb numb uh, anesthetic mm -hmm. it's the same stuff they use for pregnant women so it's not dangerous or anything but it just numbs up the area and when the numbing starts to wear off it reboots sympathetic system in the uh, amygdala and it just causes it so that their fight or flight system isn't revved up. It just causes them to finally get to relax and feel like the rest of us on a good, calm, normal day on the beach. Wow. And um, and so after he had the SGB shot and I went and talked to him, he looked like a completely different, relaxed, happy person. He hadn't been outside in, in a very long time and hadn't been shopping in years. And the first thing he told his wife was, I, I can't wait to go shopping. He couldn't wait to get out of the hospital and go and start back with life with a, with a shot in the neck. It's amazing. Uh, and But what's great is that these treatments are great to follow up with other things. Like if you need SGP, it's great to do that, but then follow it up with one of the week-long programs or horse therapy or RTM. They all work, they kind of work together as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get complete success and get the PTS behind you. It's brilliant. It's incredible. I mean, when you're telling me that story, I, I, I was picturing people, you know, and, and, and while you're saying things, uh, the, where the trauma is so, you know, so uh, paralyzing, where mm. you're not really able to do anything, where you're just, you know, it's so overwhelming that even if you try to breach just even a, a half of it, it's too overwhelming for your system yeah. to be able to have a shot like you're talking about the STG. What is it? S. SGB. SGB shot yeah. to be able to alleviate I, that and shift that. That's I'll read something else. Because this, uh, you're, you're right. This is amazing. I had a lady send me this the other day. She said, my husband had SGB over a month ago, and our family will never be the same in the most amazing ways. He is a whole new father to our boys. And he literally turned to me after the procedure. and He said, I have a second chance at life because he felt so good. I mean, that, these things are life changing. It's amazing. That's awesome. Michael, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I know how sometimes these war injuries and uh, battle injuries and, and from being on the front lines of the pandemic and things, they can, they can linger and they can last. 
for a mm. very long time. And mm -hmm. families are, are, are poisoned by the, these things because there hasn't been any consistent relief to be able to help those who have been wounded. And so the family takes it and it absorbs that. This is, yeah. this is, a, this is hope for families as well. That be exactly. able to see that there's hope for their veteran. Their it, loved one. Yes. It's, it's incredible. Because they suffer, as you're, as you're saying. They yeah. suffer as well. Yeah. And, it's very, and that's why some take their life by suicide. They, they realize their family is suffering. And they make the decision, I would rather take myself out because I'm such a problem for my family. Mm -hmm. I'd rather take myself out so that they don't have to continue to deal with me. And but that's a mistake. That's not true. You're not helping them when they when they do that. But that is one reason why they do it. But this solves the problem for the entire family. He's now a father to the boys again. He's now a husband to his wife again. That is healing for the entire family. And that's what's powerful. Uh, we have to find a way to help eliminate the stigma uh, and mm -hmm. help allow vet How can we eliminate that and encourage veterans? to seek the help for these injuries that are not their fault. Exactly. And that's really the key. It's not their fault. It is normal. I think if they realize it is normal, there's nothing wrong with them if they're battling post-traumatic stress. Um, and there are solutions where they don't have to worry about risking their careers. You know, may, that may encourage them. And there are solutions without getting drugged. Mm -hmm. So that may encourage them to get the help they need. And I think people who watch the film will just see from all of the different people who were interviewed how their lives are better, that it will encourage them that there is hope and that will hopefully make them choose to make the decision to take the next step in their own recovery. Yeah, well, and I, and I think, you know, reading what you just read about that uh, woman who's the, the veteran whose whole life has changed. He's a, he's, a, he's a husband to her, he's a father to his kids. I mean, if that's not motivation enough, I, I don't know to what yeah. is to be able to be completely transformed. Uh, it's possible and it's out there and we can make a huge difference in thousands of veteran families' lives right now. And that's what your film does. Yeah. Yeah, and it's exciting. You know, that was my goal three years ago and it's exciting that it's done, it's out and it's, it's going to be doing that. <laughs> what about, um, you know, you have advice there. One of the motivations, and I know for like for our show and then uh, and for your film was to help people who are on the brink of suicide. And there's they listen, they watch this show. They might be on the edge right now. Uh, they heard about what we were doing today and they're listening. Mm. Um, you know what? And they're they're on the brink. What could you say? What what? What would you want them to know right now? Well, they're in that zone right now, mm -hmm. potentially. It will pass. I've had veterans tell me that you get in the zone and many times you don't even want to take your life by suicide, but because you're in that zone, you want the pain to stop. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's got to stop. It's just so traumatic. It's so unbearable. You want it to stop. So call somebody, call a professional if need be. Call 911, you know, call a friend, call someone you can trust, uh, but call somebody. But the bottom line is don't because you're not only taking yourself out. They say on average, 20 people are affected in a very negative way because of that one life that's been lost. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of people that are not going to be damaged. It could be suffering the rest of their lives because of that choice. And so it's the wrong choice. There is help. There are, you've just got people have to push through that. Like I said, when they get into the zone and just understand there is help. Uh, don't sit there. Don't just make a phone call. Get somebody else involved. Get do whatever you have to do to get out of that zone and to get somebody else next to you. Get through it and get help. Well, it is, and, and, and we don't want to, uh, people to make a, um, a permanent, uh, you know, uh, change to a, a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, and especially with this groundbreaking film, Wounded Heroes, uh, your documentary that is just released today. Um, there's hope. The research, look, find it t the, the the resources that you have available uh, are so important, and and for people to to get to your uh, website, which is uh, woundedheroesdocumentary.com, and you have the resources that are available there to be able to link and to help those people who you love so much, who need that hope, that 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 
that one that one thread of hope that is going to get them to the other side. And and your film does it, Michael. It really, mm -hmm. really, really does. Yeah, thank you. When you did the documentary, um, in your opinion, what is what do you think is good? What do you think is is at the at the core of good therapy? You know, boy, that's a I don't know. <laughs> I answer that one. What's at the core? All I know is that we're all individuals. Yeah. And one thing I do say in the film is that people need to figure out what looks best for them and their personality. And so what may work for one person may not work for somebody else. And so really finding what you're comfortable with, mm -hmm. doing your own due diligence, which I always think is important. You need to take control of, of, of that recovery and then give it a shot, you know, whatever it happens to be. It may be just one of the week-long programs where you can meet people that are just like you going through exactly what you're going through. You've got a whole new tribe, people who have each other's back, people that you can open up and let your guard down with. You know, that may be a great place to start. You know, RTM, as we said, if you're in really bad shape, SGB may be a good place to start first. Um, going out and hanging out with some horses. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's up to you and your personality, yeah. but there's a lot of different options out there based on who you are. I think that's such an important thing too as well, not just in letting people know that there's hope, but that it's, it's an all-encompassing thing. You know, mm -hmm. it may be uh, the SG, uh, the STGB, your SGB shot. It may be the well, along with the horse therapy. It may be along exactly. with going into and journaling and, and putting your 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 story on the stage and being able to lift your the the archetypes in in your story and watching it play like the ancient Greeks did. It might be uh, you know uh, being at the and doing group therapy and, and working with mm -hmm. other veterans. All those different things, uh, it's not just one thing. It could be everything or a combination of two or three things that are going to be working for you. And exactly. I, you yeah, know, very good point. It's really, and people, and go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and it's also finding a new mission. That's also really important, you mm -hmm. know, because these veterans, they're out there. They live their life on a mission, whatever that mission happens to be overseas when they come home. You know, they're no longer driving the big equipment or flying the big planes or all that fun stuff. And their mission's now gone. And they're looking around at all the Americans who are living Disneyland lives after what they've experienced or compared to what they've experienced. It's like, how do I fit back in now? And, you know, but helping them to find also a new mission, a purpose uh, back here in the States is also very healing. And many of the veterans that we interviewed now run nonprofits and they're helping thousands of people who are battling post-traumatic stress get better themselves because they got better. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that somebody can have a new mission and a purpose in life. I think that's so critical. Then it's so, so much a part of the warrior ethos too, Michael, mm -hmm. is that sense of needing a purpose and needing a mission and needing a direction, something larger than myself that I can serve. And that's just the, whether it's, you know, doing a nonprofit, being in your community, work the family, you've got to connect to something bigger than you. I think it's so, so critical. Absolutely. Your film is about hope and that it's possible for people battling PTS to get their lives back. Mm -hmm. When is it going to be? It's going to be released today. Where can yeah, people out. see it? Yeah, it's, it's out. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a few minutes as we close down the show. Uh, yeah. Where can people see it and how do they uh, how can they get all this great information that you've provided? Well, I'm finding out that it's, it's, well, first of all, in the U.S. here, it's available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube Movies, uh, Vimeo On Demand, and Vudu. Mm -hmm. Not all those platforms are available in Canada or, or other parts of the world. And uh, I've, I've gotten emails today from Canada saying, I can't get to it. And so, I've, you know, there's other options, um, and I'm sure one of them, they can get to it. But anyway, if you go to the website, WoundedHeroesDocumentary.com, we have links to all of the different platforms that allow people to watch it. We also have a DVD that people can purchase if for some reason they can't happen to get to a platform, they can get a DVD mail to them, I believe anywhere in the world. So there is a way then to see it. That's fantastic. And I recommend everybody who's listening and watching today, please go and just go and watch this film. I mean, find it, link into it, buy it, get with and send it to your veteran, send it to your loved one, send it to your first responder, because there's so much 
life-saving information, hope-filled information in this film. Uh, it is revolutionary. Uh, and I just thank you for, 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 for doing this film, Michael. It's, what you have done for the veteran community is enormous. It's enormous. Well, it was my gift as a thank you for what they've done for us. So I, I'm, I'm glad to reciprocate because I so honor and appreciate our heroes. Do you have another documentary film coming up? Are you, do you have another project that you're working on? Or are you, are you taking a well, step back a little bit? Or what, what do we have? <laughs> a couple of options. Yeah. I do have another documentary in mind. Uh, so I'm, I'm researching that now. And then I still want to go back and produce that film, the original Wounded Heroes film. That's a theatrical release. If we can come up with the investors who want to fund it, then that the screenplay is written. So that's what I would like to produce next as well. Uh, well, I love your filmmaking, and I love your your your, your commitment to the cause of, of helping veterans heal from their traumas and their PTS. And uh, I mean, we had done, and how uh, we met was through the you know the veterans that uh, we just recently did for the Trauma Sensitive Awareness Foundation, and. We both had a very similar path. We were both trying to bring together the best minds, the best doctors, the best uh, treatment programs from all different angles and perspectives. And uh, you brought together in your film things that we didn't have. We didn't, and it was so, it was like we, it was such a beautiful compliment to the work. And so I'm so, so grateful. To, to have had you on the show today and for our our paths crossing and, and working towards the same cause because if we all can do it together, uh, we're mm -hmm. going to have success and we're going to save lives. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the council today. We are uh, broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado, and uh, it's a beautiful day. KUHS Radio TV Denver. We are broadcasting here across the nation and all around the world. So thank you for tuning in from wherever you're at in whatever part of the globe you're sitting in and listening to us. Thank you so much. And I uh, just want to thank uh, our producers uh, out here, Henry and everybody in the back that make all of this magic happen. Uh, without them, we couldn't do it. It would be virtually impossible <laughs> for, for us to have this show. Uh, so thank you, Henry, and all that you do. Please tune in to KUHS. We've got some amazing, amazing people on this, on this, in this, on the, at this station. People who are passionate, who are loving, who are thoughtful, who are kind, who are who are making a difference in the world. And it's by helping out and supporting independent uh, contractors, independent radio stations, independent people who are who are going against and trying to be innovative. We really appreciate all the support that you've given us here at KUHS and continue to do so. And we will continue to bring you the best quality programming that we can give you. That's our promise here on the council, that's for sure. Um, before we close, uh, Michael, I always ask my guests. <laughs> One of the things I always ask because, uh, uh, you know, I, I think we all have a little bit of wisdom and insight that we can impart. Uh, to share with the wider world. So, Michael, if you could give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? I think this is how I live my life. Never give up. We all have good days. And we all have bad days, some more than others. But I've always just pushed through the bad because it got me to the good. Don't ever give up and you'll get to the good before you know it. <laughs> so, you know what, what I love? That was so simple. That's a, such, it's, like a, it's a brilliantly simple truth. And I think sometimes we complicate life a little bit too much. We try to be so eloquent and so this and so that. And sometimes it's just never give up. Just keep going yeah. and just keep moving forward. Keep taking those steps forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it can make all the difference in the world. That's how they created the light bulb. I mean, it took them 100 tries, 200 tries. I don't even remember, but it failed. And it failed, and it failed, but he kept going. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, bam! You know, <laughs> and that's that's the case with so many. So I've just learned just keep going. Uh, I think that's brilliant, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today on the council. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on today, sir. I wish you all the best on this film. Congratulations on its premiere. Congratulations on its release, and I know it's going to save lives. I know it. It's incredible. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, 
Folks, thank you so much for tuning in today to the council. Uh, we are adjourned. It is, it is the end of the show. We will be back in two weeks with another fantastic guest. We've got some amazing guests that are coming on this show. Tune in to the council here at KUHS Radio TV Denver. Folks, may you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless. We'll see you in two weeks.